My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Good morning. Welcome to Travel and Cruise Industry News Podcast. For this, the 27th day of September 2022. And as you're coming in, I just noticed that Hot Air Tom was able to get a, uh, a quick chat comment through. He's on a tour bus in Iceland. We're going to be talking to Hot Air Tom and Cindy here in just a couple minutes. Of course, today's main story is uh, landfall in Cuba, Florida next. The Category 3, soon to be Category 4. Hurricane uh, Ian uh, achieved a landfall just a little while ago in Cuba and is now just about to leave Cuba. It's just going across the very western tip. Not a whole lot standing between it now and Florida. We'll be talking about that, of course, quite a bit here in just a few minutes. Canada officially is removing the travel restrictions as of Saturday. October the 1st, uh, Norwegian Dawn skips some ports due to high wind. That and a lot more here on Travel and Cruise Industry News Podcast with special guests, Hot Air Tom and Cindy this morning. Today is National Chocolate Milk Day. I don't recommend that you uh, put rum in it like Hot Air Tom does. Uh, that's not wouldn't be my favorite but uh, i can drink a little chocolate milk on occasions so you know go mix some or go get some or whatever just celebrate national chocolate milk day if you're listening via the podcast welcome aboard as always uh, you can access the podcast via my blog which is accessadventure.net or wherever you get your podcasts from all the big guys just search for travel and cruise industry news and up pops the fat travel guy. And 
any day that I'm posting pictures and or clips like I'm going to be doing on today's show, you can always jump over to the video feed. Just go to the description of the podcast and there'll always be a link to take you to the video feed. So the first thing on the agenda this morning is Hot Air Tom and Cindy. And I'm, I'm going to have to tell you, folks, this was uh, pre-taped because of the issues with uh, Wi-Fi signals between the storms between us and them going into Iceland yesterday. Uh, we weren't even sure we could tape an interview. The video uh, is not real good, but the audio seems to be okay. Uh, it, the video doesn't sync up with the audio. So just don't pay attention to what you're looking at. Just pay attention to what you hear from Hot Air Tom and then later on from Cindy. That's the important thing. So with no further ado, my friend and former fellow cruisers, Hot Air Tom and Cindy. Here we go from yesterday, just shy of Iceland. And coming with breaking news from somewhere near Iceland is Hot Air Tom. Hot Air Tom, where are you over there in the world? Well, by now we should be just somewhere maybe under 200 miles from Iceland. Okay. We uh, are taking a little bit different uh, course. Originally we would have went up the English Channel up around Scotland to Kirkwall, which is an island just north on the north side of uh, Scotland, and uh, there's a storm that was brewing that the captain didn't think was safe for us to uh, to want to uh, deal with. So we went the opposite right way around the British Isle, and we're uh, east of Ireland, and we've been getting further away from uh, Ireland as we uh, head towards Iceland. And uh, we should be in Iceland uh, around 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. All right. So tell us what. What's the water like over there? I know it's been a little on the rough side. Well, I walk out to the balcony. It's it's better now, but the sun still is not shining too good. It's still pretty gray. So I'm hoping to see the northern lights tomorrow and ready to hear the noise from this. Not even the wind wasn't as bad here. So. I can't see the camera here. Uh, hopefully, I'm pointing it somewhat. But uh, the sea looks pretty calm here compared to yeah. what it's been. Okay. So you had it rougher than it is now. It's a little cold out here, though. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Go back inside where it's warm out there. <laughs> All right. So. Tell us what happened with your suite when you got on board the Prima. This wasn't a suite. It was just a balcony cabin. But uh, it was interesting. And uh, to be honest, when we got the check-in counter, um, I didn't know if the clerk was just a little incompetent or what was going on, but he was having trouble finding our room key. Okay. And uh, he scanned our passports. Went off to find the room key, didn't find it, came back and asked for our passports again. And I didn't know what the passports had to do with finding a room key, 
But uh, a little while later, he came back with the room keys, and we were on our way. And it was probably, I'm going to guess maybe about 11 o'clock at this point. They hadn't started boarding the ship yet. So we had to sit in the waiting area for uh, about half an hour until they made the announcement that we were going to start boarding. And with Chindi being in a wheelchair, that puts us in the first boarding group. Right. So we got on right away when they called us. And we went to our mustard station to have our room key scanned and then proceeded to the uh, main dining room, which is named Hudson's. And I say that's Hudson's named after Emma's cat. Well, that could be. Actually, it's that other. <laughs> but uh, had a nice uh, lunch there with uh, somebody else that we uh, had met in the waiting area. Mm -hmm. And I sort of took a little nap because we weren't in, in a hurry. And so the two of the ladies were talking while I was leaned out, leaning against the wall there napping. And uh, they still hadn't heard, at least we hadn't heard an announcement that they, the rooms were ready. And it was close to 2 o'clock at this point. So the whole thing seemed a little behind schedule. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll go to the cruise next. I wanted to uh, get a sapphire pin, latitude pin and see what latitudes offerings they were allowing for this cruise. A couple of things in Sapphire are uh, behind the scenes tour that I like, a dinner with officers and a wine tasting. Well, the wine tasting is the only thing that uh, they're doing. The other two haven't resumed from COVID stoppage yet. So we booked that and he didn't have any Sapphire pins. Apparently this is the third paid cruise and apparently they were overwhelmed by Sapphire people on the first couple of cruises, they had no pins left. But uh, he looked and saw I was going to turn diamond on the 29th. So he was nice and gave me a diamond pin instead. The, the diamond pin has a real little diamond chip on it. So that's sort of cute. Yeah. And once we were done there, we would go up to our cabin, um, hold the cabin up to the scanner, door opens. And I walk in and I'm thinking, this doesn't look very pristine like normally when you walk in. Next thing I know, the, the, the female steward running down the hall saying, you can't go in there. You can't go in there. And as I turned around to leave, I saw there was clothes hanging up on the closet. There are sort of three closets when you enter the balcony rooms. The first one by the door uh, is open, so it's good for coats and things. And then there are two cab two closets each with a sliding door. And uh, you know what we're talking about, I'll just, so you can sort of see, see yeah. that. that. That was my stuff and the other one's over here. And has a few shelves in there too. I don't think I had the phone, the phone pointed the right way, but anyway, turns out there's somebody living in our cabin. And, uh, I thought, how could they do that? How they just let somebody who was on our back to back? And uh, from what I understood, that uh, um, they gave him our cabin so he wouldn't have to move. And I thought, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse no words, but. <laughs> and I wrote to Katie Bird, the uh, executive VP for passenger services, uh, Saturday morning, just wondering how something like this could happen because it makes me a little bit. Uh, um, Gunshot, even try to book a cabin. Uh, yeah. And 
But if Katie was good and forwarded uh, uh, the job to the guest service manager on the ship here, and when we came back to, from dinner um, Saturday night, we had a message on the uh, telephone from the uh, guest service manager uh, wanting to uh, discuss the, uh, the room situation. Okay. So apparently this room that we're in is supposed to be a family balcony, which Cindy thinks it's a, a little bit wider than the balcony we would have been in. Okay. I, I can't, it's not, it's not longer because there's yeah. no change in the, uh, but uh, I don't know if you can, there's a, a pretty good area between where Cindy's sitting on this, on the couch and where the, uh, where the, the computer is there. Yep. Um, so maybe that's the case, but they didn't have anything higher up available. It was all booked. And I'm thinking it's too bad they uh, couldn't arrange this a week or two ago before they g gave all the bid upgrades away. Yeah. And put us like in a uh, club balcony suite or uh, yeah, there sure. were a couple of family suites that were semi-blocked by the, uh, um, the slides, which I talked to Cindy about. And we would have been happy. Uh, just being in one of those two, but uh, that didn't happen. So, all right. Now so at least I was happy. I got an answer for why oh, sure. this happened. The, the guest service manager, when I called her, said that apparently the guy in the room must have some kind of um, health issues, which made it difficult uh, for him to move. Okay. So they chose to do that, and that explains partially why the clerk at check-in. Had Couldn't trouble find finding our key. keys because they yeah. had pulled them. Yeah. And she, the guest service manager said they had tried to send a message uh, via the system. Um, and apparently it malfunctioned. And uh, they weren't supposed to issue the cards that they did. So we should have never had cards that got us into a room that already was occupied. Yeah. Um, so at least I had a little understanding on how the thing happens. So that made yeah. me feel better. Yeah. All right. Now I have to ask you the most important question about your Prima cruise up to date. How many times has Cindy said, I'm going to kill him so far on this cruise? <laughs> we'll have to ask her. What do you say, Cindy? Three times. Three times. Three times. Not bad on air time. I don't Here remember. Better. <laughs> okay, so how's the food been? Well, we ate at Cagney's the first night, and it was as good as ever. Okay. And uh, we had a little teaser appetizer from in, in the indulged food court from Q. I had one strip of their beef brisket, and it was so good. I thought, well, we need to come back here. We ate at Palomar. The new Mediterranean seafood uh, place the second night, and we weren't real impressed. Cindy had a fillet and said it was fishy tasting, and she doesn't like fishy. Yeah. I didn't like the texture of it; it was real smooth. Uh, um, she had it medium well, and for medium well, it was a little red. I thought, yeah. but I had the scallops, and the, the scallops were fine; no complaints there. And we had some kind of mushroom appetizer, which didn't come out anywhere close to what we were expecting. We were expecting maybe like a stuffed mushroom cap. And yeah. this was this was one little dish. It was almost like a dip with um, 
like a, a, a chip type thing to use uh, um, to scoop it up. And it was cold. I think if it was hot, it might have been. And it's sort of like the cold shrimp. I don't like the cold shrimp either. I like the hot shrimp. And you saw my message. I got the uh, your your tiger shrimp at Cagney's and had it. Then they grilled it for me. So yeah. I got the appetizer that you like, but heated, which was quite good. All right. So tell us about Iceland tomorrow. What are you going to be doing? Uh, oh, let me finish one more thing. We ate it in Dolge last night. Okay. And that, that is pretty cool. That. Uh, um, it's not a real big venue, um, but there, and it's fairly close with all the little different um, food booths that uh, generate food. But you sit down and have a tablet, and you can order whatever you want from each of the, uh, the different uh, sources, and they bring it to your table. And we, we had the, a regular beef brisket uh, entree from Q. And I had some Indian bread, which I forget the name of it, from the Indian place that was really good. And deviled eggs from Q. And uh, there was a couple other things. But uh, I liked the food that last night at that place better than the Palomar. So um, we'll be back there again. We haven't been to the main dining room yet. Tonight we eat at uh, Food Republic. I've never eaten at a Food Republic before, so yeah. we'll see that. So going on to your question. Iceland, originally, we were going to be at 2 o'clock, but due to the change, we're getting in. Captain had estimated 8 o'clock, but we're ahead of schedule, so he said we should be pulling in about 6 a.m. tomorrow. Okay. And uh, the shore excursion people had said they uh, contacted the uh, the vendors once they knew of the change on Friday and uh, asking if they could uh, do any rescheduling to get the uh, tour started earlier. And there was several that uh, had uh, agreed that they would uh, be able to do it shortly after 8. So I booked a um, Golden Circle tour that starts at 8.30, and I think it's roughly five or six hours. And that, uh, they claim, is one of the best tours. I didn't look at the details, so I can't tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing other than seeing some of the best spots in Iceland, okay. which I would assume might be volcanoes and, and other things. And uh, I had a private tour that somebody on the cruise break roll call had set up at six o'clock and it involves going to like a spa type thing. So I'm thinking maybe hot springs spa with yeah. some different stuff they stick on your, your face or skin. So. <clears throat> and okay. uh, that, when, that, when that's done, then we, around nine o'clock, they'll pick us up to, uh, do a search for the northern lights. I just hope the clouds break a little bit so we can actually see something, yeah. Yeah. Um, which sounded neat. And then uh, we stay overnight, and the next day I have a long tour. It's like in a monster van. So it's like a van with these huge tires, but it's going to one of the glaciers. Okay. So I'll be out walking on the glaciers. So I'll have some good pictures to, uh, to forward, forward to you after this. Good. Awesome. All right, and hopefully we can get catch catch you for another live stream after you leave Reykjavik, maybe before you get back to the states to catch up with everything. Yeah, Friday, Friday might be a Iceland. good day. Okay, we'll shoot for it. Yep. All right, hot air. Okay, Tom. thank you. Bye, Thanks, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, bye, Chili. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
<laughs> and of course, that was Hot Air Tom and Cindy. Uh, I taped the interview with them yesterday afternoon as they were approaching uh, Iceland. All right, a couple things to cover real quickly before we get to the news. Um, Rochelle and the gang that she's with uh, were in Munich for Oktoberfest. And as you can see, even though this is a church group, they're enjoying the beer in Germany uh, for Oktoberfest. Of course, that's a necessity if you're <laughs> if you're over there. If you have never been to an October Oktoberfest in Bavaria, anywhere in that part of the world, you need to try to do that. They are just fantastic. All right. Uh, Cindy and the girls were in um, Ajaccio, which is Corsica. That's, of course, part of France. And it's a lovely little port town. And, of course, that is the epic Norwegian epic that they are on. And then finally, uh, Lizzie Lou unfortunately got back to Southampton this morning. It was a short cruise, four-day cruise. So she did get to do a sunrise over Southampton and her last cup before she leaves. So, by the way, she has posted day three uh, on her on her site, so you need to go check that out. Her dailies are just fantastic. I wish I could copy that. I haven't been able to come up with the right sequence yet. All right, I'll be back with today's news right after word from one of our network sponsors. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. All right, of course, we're going to be talking about Hurricane Ian this morning. By the way, that was uh, yesterday hitting uh, Grand Cayman. Uh, Grand Cayman is still getting a lot of the uh, southern portions of this, the still rain and wind and high surf and storm surge on the backside, even though it's gone on, of course. Uh, Ian is uh, now, as a matter of fact, is probably just about now getting ready to leave Cuba. 
but Hurricane Ian made landfall in western Cuba this morning as it continues barreling toward Florida, where residents in some of the coastal areas are already evacuating. The Category 3 storm is packing maximum sustained winds of 125 miles an hour and life-threatening storm surge. According to its projected path, Ian is expected to emerge over the southeastern Gulf of Mexico and continue churning toward Florida, passing west of the Keys later today, then approach the state's west coast uh, late Wednesday or into Thursday. Projections show the Tampa Bay area could get the first direct hit uh, from a hurricane since 1921, and the impact on the region could be devastating, especially with the storm surge. And the state released this morning that they think the target's going to be Venice. I'm not sure where Venice is. But anyway, we're going to have to watch this one closely. Probably will be a Category 4 by the time it uh, gets uh, just a few minutes into the Gulf. And then it's probably going to hit Florida as a 4. All right, so uh, as of 10 o'clock this morning, the center of Hurricane Ian was located 10 miles north-northeast of the city of Pinar del Rio, about 130 miles south-southwest of the Dry Tortugas. Ian is moving forward uh, toward the north at 12 miles an hour, and this motion is expected to continue today. A turn toward the north-northeast with a reduction in forward speed is forecast for tonight and Wednesday. So this is the path that it's going on. Uh, as you can see, it's going to have a slight turn. Uh, you can also, it doesn't really show that well on this rendering, but they're projecting that this storm slows down to a crawl. So that can just increase the damage in the in the we'll call it the tampa bay area wherever it hits along the gulf coast um like i say it should be a category four currently it's 125 miles an hour which of course is a category three uh little change in strength was expected while it moved over Cuba, but it's expected to strengthen later this morning after it merges over the southeastern Gulf of Mexico. Ian is forecast to approach the west coast of Florida, of course, as a major hurricane, either Category 3, more likely Category 4. The minimum pressure at 10 o'clock was 950 millibars. This is going to be a massive storm surge event. Some of the keys uh, on the storm surge, the Anclot River to the middle of Longboat Key, including Tampa Bay, five to 10 feet of storm surge. The Suwannee River to the Anclot River, five to eight feet of storm surge. Middle of Longboat Key to Inglewood, five to eight feet. Inglewood to Bonita Beach, including Charlotte Harbor, four to seven feet. Bonita Beach to East Cape Sable, three to five feet. Flagler-Volusia County line to uh, 
uh, Altamara Sound, including St. John's River, two to four feet. East Cape Sable, Florida, to uh, Card Sound Bridge, including Florida Bay, two to four feet. Um, Florida Keys, including the Dry Tortuga, two to four feet. India Pass to Osceola River, one to three feet. The deepest water will occur along the immediate coastline, of course, but right of the center is where the surge will be accompanied by large waves. Surge-related flooding depends on the relative uh, timeliness of the surge and the tidal cycle. It can vary greatly over short distances. So you just need to stay in touch with your local uh, officials on the storm surge. And by all means, folks, if they have recommended evacuation, evacuate. Don't try to ride this out. This is going to, could be just a massive, massive disastrous storm. Storm surge could rise water levels by as much as 9 to 14 feet above normal tide levels in areas from Cuba all the way to Tampa Bay. Rainfall. Western Cuba could get up to 16 inches. Of course, these rains may produce flash flooding and mudslides in the higher areas of terrain over western Cuba. The Florida Keys and South Florida up to 8 inches. Central West Florida up to 24 inches, folks. Now, so figure the storm surge and 24 inches of rain, if you get the worst of it, that's a lot of water. Uh, Northeast Florida and the remainder of Central Florida Peninsula up to 12 inches. Heavy rainfall is expected to affect the southeastern part of the United States Friday and Saturday. Uh, so you're going to have considerable flash and urban flooding from this. There's a possibility of tornadoes uh, through tomorrow. And of course, the surf is just it's going to be awful. Uh, swells are likely to cause life-threatening surf and rip current conditions anywhere along the, the coast of Florida and the east coast of the United States. Currently, the port of Tampa Bay is preparing for the worst. However, right now, it's at condition X-ray, which indicates gale force winds of 39 to 54 miles per hour uh, are expected within the next 48 hours. Under this condition, the port remains open to all daily operations. That may have changed since I got this information uh, earlier this morning. If the port advances to condition Yankee with gale force winds expected within 24 hours, vessels must begin departing the port, cargo operations must prepare to cease, and the ships planning to arrive at the port must seek a different destination. With the hurricane's expected track turning north and likely north-northeast, it's likely that Port Tampa will advance to condition Yankee within the time frame. Condition Zulu, the highest level of concern, closes all port operations and will be set if gale force winds are expected within 12 hours. As Port Tampa Bay only has one cruise ship currently homeported, that of course is the 
Carnival Paradise. Changes in Port Tampa Bay's hurricane readiness will not impact cruises at the moment. The cruise most likely to be impacted by Hurricane Ian will be the September 29th sailing, which is a four-night sailing. Now, keep in mind, folks, when you have a situation like this where the 29th could be the worst day in Tampa, that's going to affect the folks that are on the Carnival Paradise now and the folks expecting to get on the Carnival Paradise on the 29th. So you got two loads of people to consider. At this time, there have been no changes on that sailing, but it's very possible that that's going to happen. So you need to stay in touch with Carnival, your travel agents, or your local news sources, and just hope that this something happens, that this isn't as bad as it looks. Other Florida cruise ports have also begun uh, storm preparations uh, for uh, their necessary for their locations. Um, Port Canaveral is is in condition whiskey. Port Miami is condition x-ray. Port Everglades condition x-ray. And uh, Jacksonville is also condition whiskey. Royal Caribbean celebrity Norwegian MSC and Virgin have already announced changes to itineraries for current and upcoming cruises. Carnival Cruise Line has said it will wait and see how the storm develops with possible itinerary changes to be announced today. Uh, Some of the changes involve Western Caribbean cruises uh, canceling calls, and they hope to be hanging out in the Gulf of Mexico well away from the storm. Others have flipped itineraries to Eastern Caribbean and Bahama ports. Uh, All Bahama ports are open, and the Eastern Caribbean ports have done just a magnificent job in getting ready to accept uh, cruise ships again. That includes San Juan, Haiti, ports in the Dominican Republic, St. Thomas, and Tortola. So there's already plans being made for some of the Western Caribbean ships to go into those ports as a change in port of call. So that's where we stand on Ian. And folks, by all means, if your local uh, people have told you to evacuate please evacuate don't take a chance i know it's not easy i know you're going to be in traffic jams but get out of harm's way guys all right canada we talked about this a couple times last week in a long-awaited move the government of canada will officially be removing covid 19 related travel restrictions as of October the 1st, including vaccinations, testing, quarantine, and the use of the ArriveCam app of submitting health information online prior to arriving in the country. Both cruise travel and air travel are included in this easing, which will make it much more convenient for travelers to prepare for cruise vacations that either depart from or visit Canadian ports. 
cruises departing from Canadian home ports or with visits planned to Canadian ports of call prior to October 1st, still will need to follow the required testing, vaccination, and document uh, documentation protocols. However, it, you know, we're getting pretty close to the first, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, while the former restrictions will be removed for all travelers in just a few days, Canadian authorities are still urging caution as cold and flu season approaches with the easing of restrictions, uh, which is, of course, welcome news and continues returning the cruise travel industry to pre-pandemic guidelines. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> all travelers. <coughs> Excuse me. All travelers should be aware that COVID is still present and may yet evolve to require additional precautions. All right. That is the Luminosa. The Luminosa has uh, now, it's been revealed, the changes to the former Costa ship. She is now sailing on her way to pick up crew to prepare for its first sailing. The ship's hull, of course, has the new paint job that's been seen on many other Carnival uh, ships that have gone through dry docks recently. It also has another feature, however, that is unique to the ship. The ship's straight-line funnel has been repainted with Carnival colors reminiscent of the classic funnel from the line's very first vessels, the original Mardi Gras, Carnival, and Festival. I was on all three of those ships. The iconic whale tail funnel was first introduced in 1982 aboard Tropical. I was on Tropical three times. The first cruise ship specifically built for Carnival Cruise Line uh, was, of course, the Tropical. Because Carnival Luminosa is retaining some of her Costa Cruises features, uh, it was decided she would not receive the entirely new funnel like found on most Carnival ships now. And finally, in the world of the news today, which there wasn't a whole lot, Norwegian Dawn decided to unexpectedly skip its first scheduled port of call after embarking the day prior from Southampton, New England, uh, England, not New England, sorry. A Norwegian Dawn embarked on a 10-night British Isles itinerary heading uh, to its initial stop in Portland but ditched the port at 7 a.m. Uh, yesterday, heading to Cork, Ireland instead. The reason given was high winds. They were calling for uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 30 uh, mile per hour winds. So uh, the captain decided it was just not uh, within the best interest of his ship crew and passengers to go into that. Uh, based on the weather patterns, Norwegian Dawn chose to play it safe before stopping at the island connected to Weymouth, dodging the port and missing its day ashore 
supposedly departing about 5 p.m. Uh, yesterday. The ship is set to spend today in Cork, tomorrow in Dublin, and the 28th in Belfast, completing the stops in Ireland for the next three days leading into October. This itinerary will make stops in Scotland, visiting Kirkwall, Invergordon, and Edinburgh, completing days six to eight, in hopes that the itinerary makes no further changes. Norwegian Dawn will spend its final days of the itinerary in Bruges, Belgium, on October 4th, and make its last stop in Amsterdam on October the 5th. So, that's the news portion for today. <clears throat> so let's hop over and see who, if anybody, is fussing at me in the chat room. So, uh, yeah, hot air, Tom. Uh, this just kind of surprised me because I know he's on a tour bus. How he's getting a signal. Mike's with us. Good morning, Mike. Hope all is well with you. Yes, it is. Thank you. Uh, hi, Chili from Carol. Hi, Carol. Katie's with us, securing her stuff at home, heading to my sister's early this afternoon. Don't blame me, Katie. Hi there. Tom says, we are at a stop at Thingvellir, resting a bit. We get back on the ship at 5 p.m., then I have another tour to uh, Sky Harbor, then search for Northern Lights. Yo, yo, Brooklyn is in the house. Hi, Eddie. Good to have you back again, my friend. Uh, Nikki is with us. Hi, Nikki. Says, good to see you, Tom. Dennis is here. Uh, Nayan, Indian bread. And hot air, Tom says, that's it. Dennis, uh, Blue Lagoon. I don't know. Katie says hi to Eddie, Eddie. And Nikki. Hot Air Tom says Sky Harbor is a spa type place. I don't think it's Blue Lagoon. Okay. Sky Harbor instead of Blue Lagoon. Absolutely. Avoid booking NCL Epic. Worst ship design. So horrible that the sister ship was canceled. Um, I, I've heard that before. It's going to be interesting when Cindy and the girls get home, what they thought of, of it. Um, Cindy has been uh, critical of a couple things with Norwegian, even though she started off being a big fan of Norwegian. So it's going to be interesting to see what she, what she has to say about that, Dennis, as well. But I have, you're not the first person I've heard that from. I found out schools are closed Friday as well. Not surprised on that. If you're in its path, book a room. The resorts are built above and beyond code to withstand the strongest storms. They also generate their own power and water, and plenty of food. Okay, didn't know that. Okay, he's off the rest of the week. 
she's in Orlando, of course, going a little north to stay with my sister, so I'm not by myself. Katie, if you stay on uh, uh, Walt Disney World property, uh, leave the car on a sheltered upper level of the car parks at Disney Springs and take the coach back to the resort. Pets are allowed with state of emergency. I was, I'm, that's good information to have, Dennis. I was not aware. Um, you're, you're providing some, some content here for my channel that I was not aware of. So I, I do appreciate that. Storm bite me another Andrew in the makings. I hope everyone is ready. Another pro tip. There is very little queue time at the Speedway petrol stations on Walt Disney property. Uh, and their storage tanks are so huge, they don't run out of fuel. Wow. Good to know that as well. Weekends at Disney just left on their Disney cruise yesterday. Be interesting to see. I'm sure they're going east. A few years ago, their three-night cruise turned into a Six-night cruise because of a hurricane. Yeah. I had a seven-night turned into a nine-night once. It's the only time I was been in, was in a storm. Now it's out in New Orleans. The proper guidance is to continue wearing a mask when around others, and there is a new variant to be cautious of. Costa, not Costa. Costa. Wow. I've been saying that wrong all along. Costa. Costa cruises. Thank you, Dennis. Man, I, I, boy, I'm appreciating that. Dennis, thank you very much. That's, uh, that's just awesome. I, I like having people that will provide good content for my channel and information for me. I will try to remember that. And I will make notes on uh, Walt Disney World properties for storms in the future. So good to know. Their cruise was extended because Florida ports. Yeah, that's, that's the same thing Dennis, that happened with me. And this was, um, well, a couple weeks, maybe 18 days or something like that before Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Um, and I was uh, out there uh, sailing around trying to dodge that. And then Dennis hit uh, New Orleans and New Orleans was totally uh, closed down for that before Katrina. And we were two days extra at sea before we could get back into New Orleans. So yeah, it was a that was a seven day cruise that turned into a nine day cruise. So it happens, and that's you know clearly, folks, these kind of problems happen this time of year. The um, the balance to that is most of us that cruise a lot know that you can get bargains more this time of year than at other times, and many of us. To try to save money when we can, so we book at this time of year. So, 
but that's the way it is. All right, guys. I will stay on top of things through the day today. Uh, you can just count on we're going to have a couple days that's going to be dominated by weather now till we see how bad it's going to hit Florida. Uh, folks, I am seriously thinking about all of you guys down there. I want all of you to be safe as possible. Do whatever you can to keep yourself and your family and pets and everything safe, please. All right, guys, that's going to wrap me up for today. I will talk to everybody again tomorrow at the latest, if not sometime between now and then. Uh, I'll let you know. So for now, guys, this is the old fat travel guy. You guys have a fantastic day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Think about cruising. And hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. Only maybe on the high seas, not with a hurricane coming bearing down on us. So have a great day. See y'all tomorrow at the latest. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry. So if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner, hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be.